Hello, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Improved Podcast, the official podcast of Classic Studios, where we get together once a week to discuss our goals surrounding our passion projects. I am your host, Chase Collins, and this week we have an amazing podcast for you all. I'm so excited to share uh, Michael's story. That's the guest we have on. He is a former bandmate, a former roommate, and a musical genius. I am so excited for you guys to hear his story. For the last two, three years, he's been going on this epic quest to really shape himself as a musician and who he wants to be as an artist and a professional. And it's just really beautiful to hear his story. Uh, so I can't wait for you guys to hear that. I'm not going to spend too much longer on this introduction because we have such a large podcast. So I'm just going to call it quits um, for right now, roll the intro music, and let you all get to listening to this amazing conversation we had. Um, I think anyone and everyone who's interested in pursuing their dreams will get something really valuable from Michael's story. So without further ado, here is the rest of the podcast. Oh, wait, 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 wait. I tricked you there for a second, didn't I? Um, man, I didn't even say welcome. Happy Monday. Well, happy Monday, everybody. Happy Monday. I hope you all set your goals. I hope you all, um, yeah, set your goals for this week. I hope you all achieve your goals that you set last week. So, uh, all right. Well, that that's it now, officially. No more, no more tricks. Okay, roll the intro music. Bye. All right. Well, first things first, I got to say hi to Craig. Shout out to Craig. Um, this week on the podcast, we have musical genius, multi-instrumentalist, and my good friend Mike, aka Green Bean, here on the podcast. Um, he obviously didn't start as a musical genius, but he has come very far, and right now he has his hands in like several different projects, most of which I don't even have half of the context for to give a proper introduction for, so I'm just going to hand it off to Mike. How you doing, man? Chase. How's it going, man? It's going good, dude. Happy Friday. We're recording this on a Friday, and it's a good day. Veterans Day. Thanks to all the vets out there. Oh, yeah, that's right. Oh, man. So this is like a topical podcast. We're giving shout-outs to, like, current holidays, man, instead of, like, three weeks delay. I like being uh, current on topical things. That's right, man. Usually I'm like, I feel like I have my foot, one foot in the past and one foot in the future because of how I record these podcasts. So it's nice to have one that's like, oh no, we're recording this on the 11th and it's going to come out on the 14th. So that's like, that's pretty good for me. That's pretty good. Dude, we're like kind of in the present. Like, that's cool. Yeah, it's as present as I've ever been. (laughs) And shout out to Craig, our boy Craig. Oh yeah, Uh, doing sound again, man. Always here. our fan. Um, but yeah, man. So, uh, I'm really excited for this podcast, uh, to really go through like your story and how you became this, you know, musical powerhouse that, that you are like, oh man. And I can't wait to share some of the stuff at the very end. Uh, there's, there's some exciting twists and turns throughout this podcast. So like everyone stay tuned. It's, it's going to be, it's going to be one for the record books. 
and I appreciate you having me out and like getting a chance to talk about this because I usually like hate talking about myself. So this is cool. <laughs> well, now like all the you know restraints are off, man. Just let it go. This Dude, is all yeah. about you today. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. I appreciate that. Yeah, for sure. So why don't you um get started with like how you got into music? So we're gonna start from the very beginning and go through how you like became yeah this powerhouse so let's let's start at the beginning Ooh, where to start i guess that the makes beginning. Yeah, the very <laughs> beginning. <laughs> such a long time ago so i started playing guitar when i was 12 years old and i'm bad at math so i have no clue how long ago that was nor well, do you're I 26 27 right now 27 now can craig uh, calculate that for us Craig can't, but I can. What okay. is that, 15 years? <laughs> yeah, 15 years it is. I, I'll trust you. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's right. I, I, uh, my mind's built for music, not math. Here, let, let me drink some coffee. <laughs> it's crazy how close those two things really are, though, right? Yeah, uh, for a lot of people. But for me, there, there's, <laughs> there's no connection. Right whatsoever but i'm special <laughs> all right so so i started playing when i was 12 years old uh and the reason i started playing uh, uh directly was because me and my my buddy brian we got super into guitar hero so that was kind of <laughs> no way our, our indoctrination and uh we mastered that game i think we beat it on expert within a year like we were just super into it and that exposed me to like all the music uh that one with guitar hero like you know classic rock uh heavy metal that kind of stuff and i was also like exposed to that like in my early childhood and i always loved it but you know in the days before computers and everything i couldn't just be like hey what well, let's uh Siri, what song is playing right now? Yeah. Uh, so Guitar Hero was like, bam, here are all these artists. This is everything I, I, I've been wanting to listen to. Here's all the info. Here's even, you can pretend to play along with the song. So that was really cool for me. And it just kind of got me like hook, line, and sinker. So I was, uh, yeah, so, so I just wanted to be like Slash. <laughs> yeah i heard sweet child of mine and looked up the music video for that and i was like i want to do that that's all oh, i care man. about now <laughs> <laughs> so yeah Dang, i just awesome. got like first it just clicked with me and i was like this is what i want to do uh everything else uh doesn't matter <laughs> wow dude uh, except i mean i was I got pretty obsessed with it, but and I still am. But we'll we'll get into that uh in the next however long this lasts. <laughs> I need more coffee, Chase. I'm sorry. No, you're good. Yeah, that's amazing. I didn't know that it was I mean, of course everyone played Garage Garage Band or what was it called? Uh Guitar Hero. <laughs> <All right. laughs> you're good, man. Um it's, it's an early morning. It is an early morning, yeah. Uh, yeah, everyone played guitar here back then, but I was—I always wanted to master one song, so I would just play the same song over and over and over and over again. 
and I could never, I never progressed. <laughs> I just stayed hey. trying to do one song because I have such bad rhythm. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we got super into that. But anyway, we, me and my boy Brian, uh, as you may know from this podcast, uh, we started playing guitar together. Uh, started taking music lessons, and uh, at one point we started guitar lessons. We had a group of like seven kids, and then it slowly whittled down to after three years, I was the only one left. <laughs> uh, and Brian, in that time, took up the drums. So logically, two different instruments, same friend group. Oh, my my brother played too, and so we we started like these little middle school bands. We had like a million different names going on, and then uh, you know, when when you don't have cars and you live out in the middle of nowhere, like it was just us two or three, uh, probably driving our parents insane. But like, yeah, you, that's how you you need to do that, and it was so great that they let us do that at you know weird hours of the day, <laughs> and shout out. To Brian's family for always putting up with the, with that because uh, if you're not a, not into the whole band scene and don't know, most of the time, uh, practice is always where the drum set is because that's the hardest thing to move. So Brian's family got stuck with having the drummer. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> I'm sure. Uh, I can only imagine, you know, coming home from stressful job at work only to <laughs> have all this noise uh, yeah. emanating from your basement <laughs> have your ears just accosted yeah. bleeding and like uh, yeah because it's not like pretty music necessarily it's like you're practicing you know songs true. and you only get like part way through or you're practicing a chorus like 30 times in a row it's like yeah, that's not enjoyable <laughs> and especially coming from like 12 to 15 year olds was, yeah yeah oh, and then brian joined a death metal band oh man that so... i was in for a week yeah so they got like the real deal of <laughs> not so pretty not so pretty sounds <laughs> yeah whenever i have kids i honestly don't know if i'll let them be a drummers it's like nope sorry man <laughs> anything but drums <laughs> anything but drums <laughs> I, we'll see i wouldn't blame you i wouldn't blame you. yeah so you um started yeah i guess playing in middle school and high school taking guitar lessons and from there what, what happened so middle school we were jamming around and then in high school we eventually formed a little band called delta wave and uh, so that was uh, me on guitar, Brian on drums, our boy Sam playing bass, and uh, our other buddy Eric uh, singing and playing rhythm guitar. And uh, I bring that up because that was super foundational. We played at this like high school talent show thing, and that was like the coolest thing ever. My dad like still listens to that recording all the time, which is <laughs> really funny. Uh, but I bring that up because once we all went to college and ended up going to the same school together, more or less, uh, we formed a new band that became known as Fat Stanley. And uh, oh, yeah. 
So that was all of those same members, except funny enough, uh, we uh, didn't go to school with, with old Eric. We got a new Eric. <laughs> so we always thought that was funny. It was virtually the same band, just a different Eric. Uh, so that was fun. Uh, Fat Stanley was, uh, I, I was a driving force behind like a lot of the songwriting and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was the first time we, I actually like got to play gigs and because I mean, we're in college, we can get into bars now. And bars are the easiest uh, in, in terms of like, you know, loud rock music. Uh, you can you can play open mic nights and acoustic stuff, uh, in a lot of different places like coffee shops, etc. But yeah, uh, Pat Stanley, that that was really like my first chance, like our, us as a band's first chance to like play places like in front of people. So that was amazing. Uh, and we were trying to like all of us were in to like make fat stanley like it my my uh my approach to it is like if i could do music for a living uh i do it in a heartbeat but that's much easier said than done like it's almost impossible to uh monetize that uh Mm -hmm. fat stanley like we're making money technically but uh one of our bigger selling points was uh, we'll play for cheap and we'll bring people out. And uh, we've always been very lucky to have uh, family and friends that supported us. And I mean, I'm talking to one of those friends right now, man. <laughs> hey, that's me. Yeah. For those of you that don't know, Chase was like our secret fifth member. That's true. Uh, yeah, I was. Hey, dude, MVP. You probably did. <laughs> more work than any any of us (laughs) i wouldn't say that but i was definitely there for a lot of it and i got um i was there for the recordings and everything like that oh which is kind of a little bit in the future but i was there i was doing sound for y'all when we probably didn't need a sound guy (laughs) (laughs) no dude like uh we definitely every band needs a sound guy it's just that I don't know. Every band <laughs> needs a sound guy. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Man, and during those college days, like, you know, you still have to practice. Like, you're playing some gigs at bars and stuff. But y'all's, and forgive me if you were going to touch on this, but I'm going to step all over you. Uh, something you were doing was you guys rented out a storage unit in order to practice, which, you know, if you're not familiar with storage units, it's just a metal shack. <laughs> yeah, it's just a... I think 15 by 15 tin can. Like, yeah. the walls were made of sheet metal. So, like, the most absolutely terrible for sound you could possibly imagine. And I don't know if the audience has been around, like, a live acoustic drum set. <laughs> and it's definitely the way Brian played, because he would smack the crap out of those things. Oh, and yeah. It was awesome. So, of course, I had my Marshall half stack. I'll try to keep up with that in this little tiny tin box. So, like, if you didn't wear hearing protection, you would probably legitimately lose your, part of your hearing if you stayed in there for more than, like, five minutes. 
Yeah, it was. I, I was there for many a band practice, just um, you know, getting rowdy, and it was loud. It was loud, and like the acoustics were awful. It would reverberate and just echo. But yeah, I think we even recorded some of our EP in that. Which oh is, my god, that's right. That's <laughs> but man, what such a fun time period! Like, played at some of my favorite shows ever. Uh, my f- personal favorite was uh, dude, do you remember the Crayola, uh, g- the Crayola gig that we played? It was in like that hipster basement. Yes. Yeah, I was there for that. So that was a personal favorite for me because, like, we were part of a music scene. And, yeah. Uh, I-, I was in writing class with uh, the girl, can't remember her name, not that that's important. Uh, uh, she-, she did all the booking there. It was like, hey, I have a band, and I know this way better band. I'll get them to headline. Ooh. And uh, that other band was uh, one of my good friend uh Mike uh his band down in Richmond and they were like so like sh- uh shoegaze kind of music if you're familiar kind of like my bloody valentine or like smashing pumpkins okay they're amazing and he was like he is like 4 years older than me 4 or 5 and he was like a huge influence on me like learning to play the guitar cuz uh, we were good, like, church friends. We would spend hours hanging out, and he'd show me some some things or two on the guitar and show me a lot of bands. Like, he got me into Rush, which is my favorite band ever. He showed me Tame Impala back in, like, 2012, and they're, they're my favorite band for the longest time. So huge influence on me as a musician growing up. And to finally play a gig with him, like together yeah that was just like a a highlight for me oh uh, man that's awesome it was amazing uh, and that was the college era so and y'all released an ep um yeah for... we, so let's take a step back just to like that was such a fun time period man uh like the fat stanley college years because like we were incredibly busy i mean we're all full-time students Mm-hmm. And I think all of us graduated on time somehow. And uh oh, yeah. all involved in more than just Fat Stanley, like outside of school. Uh right. we all had social life. So like incredibly busy time period. But like uh we were playing gigs, we recorded an EP, which like I think we did it all in a week uh during winter break. <laughs> and oh, it, that's sick it sounded like garbage uh because i uh did the mixing and mastering and producing <laughs> on GarageBand. but uh the way we were able to do that so quickly is we had all the songs pre-written and i mean brian and i we we're like so in sync musically we could just crank that out and i think half of the songs i already had like pre-recorded because we we just kind of like rehashed some material that I had from like my solo stuff in like community college. Mm-hmm. So we were able to whip that out. And that was huge because uh, I think it's really important as a band to have like something to show people other than just 
the live music, especially if you're playing original music. So, like, within, I want to say, three to four months of us being a band, we put out an EP, which is crazy. <laughs> yeah, that's really we're awesome. We're all full-time musicians. And, uh, Students. Dude, I, I was thinking about this the other day, and I'm glad I remembered about it, because uh, it kind of set the stage for my absolutely insane lifestyle that I have these days <laughs> so i was a writing major and for one class we had this assignment where we had to plan out like the next four years of our lives like after we graduate college you know oh. what kind of jobs we're going to be doing and how we're going to like spend our free time or whatever roughly along those lines and my plan was i'm going to become a contractor what have you uh and I'm going to do music on the side for as much as I can. And I think I, <laughs> I can pull up the assignment, but we don't have that much time. Uh, I wish I reread it because I'm sure I'd crack up. But I was like, I'm going to have my, uh, my like pretty comfy day job, like fairly high salary or whatever. And uh, I'm also <laughs> going to do music on the side until i make it big i'm gonna like reach out to dave Grohl, get him to listen to our all sorts of crazy stuff <laughs> i'm sure uh that's so awesome though because like uh, yeah sorry go on no no go ahead yeah that's awesome yeah so uh my professor like confronted me about that and was like you realize this is completely undoable right like you're uh no one has that much energy you're you're not going to be able to do both and i was like are you serious like and the prof i didn't like the professor very much <laughs> right what and, a terrible professor jeez louise uh she was probably very realistic and i i uh i don't think she was a fan of me because i was a huge procrastinator and uh i wouldn't do sure. any of my work and until the last minute and then I'd turn in my essays and they'd be really good. So I think she hated me. That's awesome. <laughs> uh, anyway, so she was like, this is kind of unrealistic. I think you should think about like maybe restructuring some stuff. And I was like, no, like this has been the plan. Uh, and especially the career part was probably the most unrealistic in, in her eyes. Because I'm this... <laughs> stupid college kid anyway uh so that i i already had that mentality of like i want to work my my day job have that stability and then on the side gonna do music as much as possible and like hopefully someday it'll go somewhere so that that was my mentality going out of college so uh and you know what? I proved that teacher wrong because that's exactly what I've been doing. Yeah. <laughs> as that's crazy as it might be. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, I think that professor is like way in the wrong for saying that you can't do that. Like if somebody has goals and dreams, like who are you to say, no, you shouldn't be doing this? Oh, yeah. Like it's the exact, she's, she's, she's projecting. <laughs> oh, exactly, man. Like I couldn't do that. So you can't. Like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone has different capabilities. 100%, man. 
Uh, I think anyone, because the way you approach things, and this will, the improved podcast here, let's talk about that for a second. If you have goals, then you break, like you have long, long term goals, the big goals, and break them down into smaller and smaller, reachable, attainable things. You can do anything. As long as you have the mindset of this is possible, I'm capable of this. That I think that's actually the first criteria. You need to have that mindset of I can do this. I'll make it happen. Yeah. So if you don't, you're just gonna fail. Yeah, and you're gonna fail a lot be, anyway. Yeah. You just need to be okay with failing. And I I I kind of want to do wanted to do a podcast on this, but like breaking down your long term goals into like attainable tasks, right? Like you know the long term goal of becoming like a famous musician and you know reaching out to Dave Grohl. It's like okay, man, that's crazy. But it's like <laughs> well, I'm gonna start with um my local college band and playing at bars and then releasing an EP and then eventually working up to an album. Like those are all very attainable goals, and then as long as you're progressing towards something you can eventually make have something to show for it at the end of the day like you know whether music works out or whether this podcasting works out it doesn't really matter because we have something to show for it and like i've already become a better person since launching this podcast and you've become clearly like not clearly sorry that's insulting you've become a, a <laughs> phenomenal musician just by you know <laughs> taking steps <laughs> towards <laughs> towards your goals you know from your rock band or what is it not um from your video game uh music playing stages yeah, to now like you're clearly a much better musician <laughs> dude yeah and uh yeah I mean, the progression of like yeah just as a musician like nobody starts Unless you're Mozart or some like literal child prodigy, nobody starts being good at it. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I, I'm not sure. Maybe I had uh, an inclination to it. I think the most important part is just having the drive and desire to be better at it. Cause I had mm-hmm. that 100%. And over 15 years trying to learn something new every day, uh, or, playing something new every day uh just over time you're gonna get better and that's with anything in life but yet with like the long-term goals of like being a like a professional musician or what have you uh in terms of like the crazy dreams like that kind of pursuit i think it's important to to be okay if it doesn't work out the way you expect it mm-hmm but for me, like, I just love music that much. And as long as I'm, like, pursuing that, I, d- I don't really care where I end up. It's just the pursuit of, like, just writing music and playing it in front of people is enough, like, in and of itself. Right. Uh, and I think that's important. Maybe not totally necessary with any goal, but for the, like less realistically achievable ones like being a rock star or whatever i think that's important to have of like if this doesn't pan out i'm fine and i am right and that's what like <laughs> that that's in college like ooh, sky's the limit like i'm not yeah. way less focused on like being a doing this for a living 
<laughs> but I think it's important to have that baked into your game plan and your approach to um, achieving your dreams is having not even like a backup plan, but having something that can support you as you work towards your goals. Like oh, you yeah. had built in, like I'm going to be a contractor as my day job so I can support myself and, you know, buy a house and do all these things. And on the side, I'm going to be pursuing my true passion, my, my hobbies. That's exactly what weird, like all of, all of my friends who are on great paths are all doing that type of thing. And it's, it's, I think it's like one of the smartest things we can do. Like I very easily could have gotten a degree in screenwriting or something like that. And, you know, been a starving artist, like moving out to California or New York to become a famous screenwriter. And it's like, yeah, but what will I have to show for that? Like professionally, like I wouldn't be near the place where I'm at if I chose to do that. I would be struggling as a writer because there's a million people who are doing that, but there's very few Dude, people. Yeah, I, I agree 110%. Uh, I think that's one of the best advices you can give to like a creative person as they're trying to figure out like what they want to do with their life. Mm -hmm. uh, Cause I was always like uh, very creative minded uh like as a kid uh but creativity it's an incredibly hard to monetize and i have the utmost respect because i know some people that like just said hey i'm i'm just doing this like i don't care i'm gonna be the starving artist you know i'm gonna and, and when you're at at the beginning stages of it like you are like it can be the struggle uh so utmost respect for the people that are just like screw it i'm going in like all in just on the creative pursuit like that takes more balls than i ever had quite frankly right. and sometimes i think like should i've just went for it uh but uh for my own like long-term success and for what i want like out of life like i want I want a family eventually. Uh, I just knew, like, I need the strong foundation of, like, worst case, say I lose my hands and I can't play guitar anymore, I I could have something. <laughs> right, right. And, uh, and, and that's advice from, like, not just me or you. Like, Jordan Peterson has talked about that, and I'm a huge fan of him. Uh, yeah, me too. Because he describes, like, being creative minded, like right side of the brain thinking, uh, when you're not doing that, like professionally, that that's not your career. Like both of us are very left brained jobs right now, which I can kind of do both. Mm -hmm. But uh, Jordan Peterson described that as like almost like a tree without roots. Mm. Like, uh, and that uh that really went home with me starting my career after college was a uh, i excel at like creative things and making music yeah blah 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 who knows if it's any good but like i can put it out there right <laughs> i right. can crank it out uh so to like really go nose nose to the grinder like oh i have a 40 hour job where i'm doing bureaucratic nonsense 
for most, like a lot of my time. That was really hard for me to adjust to that. Uh, cause I, I definitely didn't have that at first, but, uh, once I kind of got used to that and like that mindset, I still did the music on the side and we kept fat Stanley going. Uh, yeah. Post. So you graduated college, um, and you did the things that you wrote in your four years. Yeah, showed, um, showed my professor on. Yeah, exactly. So that's like really <laughs> impressive. And you were able to keep the band together and yeah. yeah, we we somehow all ended up in in the same town after college, which was cool. And then uh me, you and our boy Brian, we all uh we were all knows the grindstone with the music pursuit, man. Like we made a commitment, we rented a house together, uh made a recording studio. Well, you made a recording studio. <laughs> yeah, me and Brian, dude. And I was like along for the ride. <laughs> and that was so much fun i i think we spent especially you man uh you like you don't give yourself enough credit i i think you're you're freaking great man and you helped us out so much without needing to at all like you're the mvp of fat Stanley. this guy oh. he did our sound he produced our entire like official first album he who rides a tiger out on Spotify, set up the Discord, did all that stuff. So, dude, thanks again. Like, I know I've thanked you before, but thanks, dude. For sure, man. Well, I wanted to do it. Like, and I believed in you guys, and I still believe in all of you. It's impressive. You know, when you see talent, it's like it's easy to get behind and it's easy to dedicate. Um, thanks, man. What's your. You know, Appreciate dedicate your time towards it. You guys are incredibly talented group of folks, and I'm was more than happy to do it, especially because I was working on music too. So it yeah. it allowed me to like flex my and learn how to do like proper music production. Not proper. It allowed me to learn like the basics of music proper. production. We did we did our best with what we it's had. It's a learning curve, man. It's like anything. Like yeah, you can only get better by doing it. And the more you do it, the better you get at it. Yeah, yeah. And so and that like was... The stuff you've been putting out lately, man, like the beats, like, that's, like, pro-level pro stuff, man. Oh, thanks, dude. So, like, to see the progression has been awesome, dude. Thanks, and yeah. Like, Go ahead. Everyone starts at the bottom, man. And, uh, oh, yeah. Uh, I forget where it's from, but, like, you have to... You have to be open to knowing nothing. And that's where everyone starts. And if yeah. you if you approach it like I know nothing all the time, who knows what you learn? But anyway, uh, that's a <laughs> Dude, bar I, right there. But back to the that whole time period, like I swear, every waking moment, like outside of our jobs, was I'll say nearly every waking moment was spent doing some sort of music thing. Like, uh, if we weren't doing Fat Stanley or, like, in the studio, we were doing raps and stuff. Yeah. And maybe it that's really was hyperbolic, but it was pretty much the truth. Like, we, we were approaching it like, this is, we're going to make this as legitimate as possible because we are all set on, like, 
I want to get out of my office job. Help me. Yeah. <laughs> so we pretty much had two full-time jobs. No, we really kind did. of that way now. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, we really did. We had full-time jobs, and we were – so after we graduated college, we all got a house together and were set on releasing an album, like, within a year. That was our goal, and that's what – we were writing music. We were, you know, figuring out how to produce. We were figuring out how to record, and then we were mixing and mastering, all with the goal of releasing, you know, the first album, uh, He Rides the Tiger, on – I guess it was what we launched it on New Year's. <laughs> New Year's 2020. That's right? crazy. Going into 2020, and I feel like we just jinxed the entire world. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, we really did. <laughs> we started riding that tiger. That's for sure. We we released the album. We had like a, for our standards, like a very legitimate tour all over Virginia planned, and then COVID ruined all of that. I think we made it to March, right? End of March. I think we played like six or seven shows like in Fredericksburg, Harrisonburg, like Charlottesville. And we had, we, <laughs> this was the coolest thing that I was looking forward to. We were going to open up, for, we were going to open for uh, the Red Knot Chili Peppers. It, yeah. It's a Red Hot Chili Peppers cover band down in Virginia Beach at this like pretty legit, uh, venue because we're we're used to playing at like craft craft bars uh craft beer uh bars and uh breweries you know what i'm trying to say coffee mm -hmm. i need more coffee <laughs> yeah but, so that's what we were used to that was our vibe was you know bars local bars and stuff like that and somehow i have no idea michael you you like booked us for opening the red knot chili peppers and they're like a very respectable cover band like people know them. oh yeah they had like thousands of followers like there are going to be like a few thousand people there just and, for uh, them and we were going to open yeah, for them so that was open. huge for and us. we're also going to like uh we're going to backline all of their equipment so they're going to use our amps and drum sets and everything that's crazy and uh Oh, and to top it off, after that, I, I was also planning the first ever adventure stock, which mm -hmm. is kind of like my brainchild with Adventure Brewing, like this music festival that I organized. And it, it started as the Rock and Hops Festival, and then they were like, let's make it a little bigger. Let's make it adventure stock, like their Woodstock, just like a single day, like uh, maybe five bands at the most, but still like super cool so i was organizing that and then COVID happened oh we were about to play on saint patrick's day and that got uh, canceled yeah down in fredericksburg i forget where at but some cool bar uh and then we we were i remember oh no the first gig that got canceled was up in dc so i just started a job in dc at the at the time like february 2020 at, or mark whatever the timeline is wonky in my brain <laughs> it was and, like uh, spring yeah, 2020 because like suddenly covid everyone was terrified i mean i was kind of afraid of it at first yeah, sure. I, that's neither here nor there but yeah it covid just kind of ruined fat stanley like we had to cancel all of our shit like half of our tour uh 
but we got one last hurrah and that was playing at adventure stock and so explain what adventure stock is so it was like a single day like mini music festival that i organized and uh forget who we had playing at the first one that we did but i know fat stanley was the second to last to play and then lucy's letdown uh fronted by this phenomenal musician that i recently started playing with uh huntley uh he was their singer but that was so much fun and had all other music buddies playing like during the day uh and so that was like an all-day event that was supposed all to day event. that took place like right as COVID was like getting started, and that was our really like our last uh, show. So that was kind of like in the middle of the pandemic in the first year. That was an oh August. really yeah. So I think it was me and you running Sam. But yeah, that that there was like a brief window in 2020 where they were like easing restrictions, like you could have more than. Well, I don't even know about that. Outdoor you, parties. Or you something. could go, like, you could actually have people at a venue. Like, you didn't have to order your... I almost forgot how dystopian that was for a second. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, there was a very brief window where they were like, we can make this happen. Just don't spread the word too much because we don't want the cops to get here. Mm. You know? Uh so we're just barely able to pull that off. I think in like August, twenty twenty, and then uh, that was when you know life happens. Uh, drummers get married, and then uh, it's not like we could really play anywhere after that anyway for a long time. <laughs> life happens. So the band broke up. Yeah, and COVID kind of killed Fat Stanley, which was tough for me. Well, Michael, I think that might be a good place to maybe pause. Um, Dude, yeah, let's pause. Because we've already been recording for about 40 minutes. So we're going to split this into two parts, and part two will be live on Wednesday. And you'll get to hear about the rest of Michael's journey. But I think, like, the big takeaway was, man, the like, setting those goals and, like, breaking them down and, like, pursuing um, what you set your mind to like that was so I didn't expect the conversation to go that way and it was really inspiring it's like dang you did that Man. Michael like good job uh, I'm thanks buddy and I'm still doing it and it's not about like I I just do it because this is what I love doing right and I I can't imagine spending my time doing anything else because th this is what's like fulfilling and like meaningful for me yeah and for some people that might be uh, binge-watching Netflix, you know? Mm -hmm. And I still do plenty of that, but... Oh, yeah. I, I'm very fortunate to have found, you know, you could call it a hobby. I th For me, it's like a passion, you know? And yeah. I just plan on doing this until I die. And whatever happens as a result of it, you know, that's just part of the fun. That's just icing on the cake. Well, that's yeah, I love that. Cake, but... I love that man and I think I'm I'm so excited to hear uh for part 2 to you know go over how you're able to hold all of that together and manage that I know Oh um, I haven't <laughs> Yeah <laughs> All right ladies and gentlemen we'll tune in Wednesday for part 2 of Michael's story oh.